0: All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Genesis. Once more, the book of Genesis chapter number 17. Genesis chapter number 17. We're going to begin in verse number 9. Genesis chapter 17 and verse number 9. What an opportunity today to hear the Word of God, to worship and pray, and fellowship, to come to church Like Brother Wiley says, it's a privilege to be in the Lord's house. It truly is. It's wonderful. I appreciate what Brother Bryson said. I think about it every time he says it. I I knew Bryson before Jesus walked by. And I, I know that he knows. I'm not talking about Bryson. I'm not talking about his past. I believe true believers, they appreciate that their past is under the blood. Amen. I don't, I don't really like testimonies, people standing up bragging about how good they were at sinning. Um, you know, believers are repentant. They repent and they are repentant. Uh, along with repentance comes, with, comes contrition and sorrow and being poor in spirit. It certainly is nothing to brag about. What we brag about is what Jesus has done. Amen. We're thankful for what Christ has done and what the gospel has done. And I, every time Bryson testifies about how he, how he got saved, and I appreciate he puts it in the context of the gospel, because it is the gospel that saves. It is the gospel that redeems. It is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who does the work that Bryson couldn't do. And truly, I can testify that Jesus has made a difference. It really has. Because I knew there's, there's a pre-Jesus and post-Jesus and I appreciate it as our church. We have a choir director that can testify of the gospel. I'm glad that he talks about the gospel. You know, I, I really uh, you hear somebody stand up, a singer or a preacher. I want to hear about the gospel, don't you? That's what it's about. I'm thankful for the gospel. Maybe you're here this morning and you, you, you are keenly aware of the fact that you are lost something that's deeply flawed in you and wrong, the emptiness of your soul, and you're searching for something, and maybe this morning you have came and you're searching for that. Christ is what you've been looking for. And you might not know that He's the one you've been looking for, but all the symptoms of your soul, this, you're seeking satisfaction, you're seeking hope, you're seeking joy, you're seeking purpose, you're seeking meaning. You've not find it, found it in anything else. What you're looking for, though, is is Christ. What you're looking for can only be found in Him. So, all the symptoms of your journey are, are, are the symptom of your great need, and that is Christ, Jesus Christ. It can only be found in Him. Before we get any farther, hey, Jesus loves you, God loves you so much. And Jesus didn't come to condemn you, you're already condemned. Jesus came to save you. And Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and they buried him, and then he arose from the dead. And if you'll believe and trust in him, if you'll repent, was so turn from you, turn from your ways, your sins, your life, and you'll by faith turn to Jesus. He will save you from your sins. And you'll find in Him everything your heart's been looking for. He'll be your Savior. Amen? That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right, Galatia, excuse me, Genesis chapter 17. I, while you're, you've already turned there, but I hope you're continuing, continuing in your Bible reading plan. I hope that's been a great help to your life, and I hope you keep at it. You can do it. By God's grace, you can do it. Genesis seventeen nine. The subject this morning is a difficult subject. It is the subject of circumcision. Now, this isn't a text that I would just choose to preach about. I certainly probably wouldn't, unless God would have me do it, go preach at another church or stand at a, preach a night of revival and uh, take the text about circumcision. But we want the whole council of God here at Westside. We don't want to like skip over things that uh, are hard to preach or difficult to hear. This is a huge biblical subject, and it sheds a lot of light on the gospel. And I want you to pray for me, and I, I hope you pray for yourself. This is certainly isn't a rah-rah sermon. This uh, now, if you want, if if you're moved by God during it, Amen. You follow the Spirit, but this is a needful subject. And I, and I hope and pray as you want to be able to say one day that you've read the whole Bible, I want to be able to say one day that I've preached the Bible. I want to preach the Word. I want us at West Side to hear the Word. I want us to know the Word. And I don't want us to ever skip over something difficult or technical or hard to hear or something we might perceive to be uncomfortable. I have to preach the whole counsel of God. All of it. Preach the Word. Amen. And I hope and pray today, you pray for your own heart, that you can receive it. Because this is the Word of God. And in the subject of circumcision, we'll find, with God being our help, the subject of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And I hope maybe even the whole idea of circumcision has uh, awakened your attention this morning. And maybe you're just curious about the whole subject being preached behind a pulpit. And I hope that's the case. Because in it, we'll find the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in it, Lord willing, we'll find life for our souls. So Genesis chapter 17, verse number 9. The Bible says, And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee and their generations. This is my covenant, God says which ye shall keep between me and you, and thy seed after thee. Every man-child among you shall be circumcised, and ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man-child in your generations. He that is born in the house or or bought with money, or any stranger which is not of thy seed. He that is born in thy house, and he that is bought with thy money, must needs be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. So their relationship with God will be seen and noticed in their own flesh. Verse number 14. And the uncircumcised man-child man child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. Now go to verse 23. And look at the obedience of Abraham, the faith. He believes God. How do we know Abraham believes God? He does what he says. Verse 23. And Abraham took Ishmael his son and all that were in his house and all that were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the selfsame day as God had said unto him. Abraham did it that day. And Abraham was ninety years old and nine when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael his son was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. In the selfsame day was Abraham circumcised and Ishmael his son and all the men of his house born in the house and bought with money of the stranger were circumcised with him. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this morning. Help us, Lord, to hear a word from your Bible today. And I pray, Lord, that our attention, Lord, has been awakened and, Lord, that we'll hear the Word of God. We'll see your purpose and meaning behind what you've done here. Lord, I pray you'll help me, please. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Wash me anew in your blood. Lord, I pray you'll fill me with your spirit, your love, your wisdom, your grace and mercy. Lord, I pray your will is done and accomplished here this morning. We love you, we praise you, and thank you. In your name, Christ, we ask these things. Amen. Now, this is a new thing that God is doing. And the question is, why? Why? And why do it now? Because timing here is important. So Abraham's 99 years old, and remember, he's exhausted all human means to have a child, on purpose. God is doing this on purpose. The conception of Isaac is going to be a miraculous conception. It's going to come from a dead womb. Remember, God has rejected all other means. God has made it humanly impossible for Abraham and Sarah to have a child. Remember Abraham tried to adopt Eliezer, a legal adoption. God said no. Abraham and Sarah tried to do it naturally. God said no. Abraham and, Isaac, Abraham and Sarah tried to do it through a surrogacy, through Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and conceived Ishmael, and God said no. Remember, Abraham said last Sunday, Oh, the Ishmael might live before thee. God said no, no, no. God did not establish the covenant of circumcision before Ishmael. He does it in between. He does it before Isaac. And it's a year before Isaac's birth. So God wants the the covenant of circumcision to happen before the conception of Isaac. So timing here is important. Timing is key to this. God's timing is always important. Amen? And so the timing here is interesting. So the removing of the foreskin through circumcision before the conception of Isaac is symbolic of God's covenant. Through Isaac. It's going to be through Isaac, not Ishmael. So Abraham was not circumcised when Ishmael was conceived. His next child that is to be born, the next child that is conceived, Abraham is suddenly circumcised, following the commandment of God. So God is establishing a covenant, not through Ishmael, but He's establishing it through Isaac. Notice verse 21 of chapter 17. God says, My covenant will I establish with Isaac. So the covenant of circumcision is directly connected to the covenant of Isaac. So it's not through Ishmael. He wasn't commanded to do it before Ishmael. God was commanded to do it before Isaac. But why circumcision? Well, first, if you look at verse number 14, circumcision, it provides a distinction between God's covenant people and all other peoples. So notice what God said in verse 14. Why circumcision? Number one, it provides a distinction between God's people and others. Verse 14, And the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. So only those who are circumcised are in the Abrahamic covenant. So God is making a distinction through circumcision. So the first lesson of circumcision is that God is making a covenant distinction. Number two, why circumcise? This is a blood covenant. This cannot happen without the shedding of blood. So God has commanded Abraham to apply the sign of circumcision. To the male reproductive organ, since in, reproduce, in reproduction sin passes from generation to generation. Everybody has sinned. So God is making a blood covenant, and He's doing it for a generational sign. So God, since all sin is passed down from Adam to Cain, to Abel, to Seth, to so on and so on. God is on purpose using circumcision as a sign or a token that your genetic reproductive line has to be changed. Something has to be different. It's not going to be through Ishmael. So when I do it through Isaac, it's going to be different. So God is using circumcision as a sign of of a blood covenant through a different line. Number three, what is the purpose of circumcision? Notice it happens on the eighth day, which is interesting. Because Jason reminded me this morning, because I I asked the class to pray for me, because my, what a difficult subject to preach about. And and Jason made a wonderful uh, remark, and I've forgotten this through the years, that that even medically, around the eighth day, a child's blood clotting system is a whole lot better than it was like in day six. So God has a, has a wonderful plan, doesn't he? If we'll follow it, God knows what he's doing. But well, on the eighth day, it's a significant sign. It's the eighth day throughout Scripture is always a sign of something new. It's typifying something brand new. It's like a new creation. And so on the eighth day, after the seventh day, an eighth day, it's a whole other week. It's a whole other thing. And so no longer Ishmael, I got something new. It's going to be Isaac now. It's symbolic of something new is happening in the human bloodline. That God is doing something new. And it was something newer than the past. We think of, first of all, of our Lord Jesus Christ. He was resurrected. What? You could think of it. On the eighth day, Jesus arose from the dead on the first day of the week. So seven days go by, and on the eighth day, Christ has risen from the dead. So so God is doing something new in circumcision. Now look at verse number 9. It's important to understand that circumcision is just a token or a sign. It's symbolic. It's a type. It's a picture. It's a foreshadowing of something yet to come. In verse number 9, God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. So God is establishing a sign, a picture, a token. And this is where the Jewish people always stumble because in Acts chapter 15, verse number 1, they thought that circumcision made them righteous. But circumcision really is pointing to something else. It's pointing to something that's yet to come. But in Acts chapter 15, verse number 1, speaking of the Jews, and it says, "...and certain men which came down from Judea... "...taught the brethren and said, except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved." And so to the Jewish people, circumcision was always in itself an act to establish their own righteousness. But it was never intended to make you righteous. It was intended as a sign or a token or a picture of something that, yet, that is yet to come. In Galatians chapter number 3, verse number 16... The Bible gives us more light on the subject that circumcision was to be for something later on. It says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many but as of one, and to thy seed which is Christ. And the Bible says in the book of Genesis that in Isaac shall all the nations of the earth be blessed... And so circumcision was a type and a picture that there's someone coming after, not the seeds, not everybody who comes after Isaac, but there is one that is coming after. And the seed of Abraham, and it's not Isaac, in Isaac shall all nations of the earth be blessed, that they're going to be blessed through the seed of Isaac. Not, all, not everybody from Isaac, but there's a seed. There's one child that is coming, and he's going to bless all the nations of the earth. So circumcision is a type and a picture that through this line there is a blood covenant coming and it's going to separate the generational genetic curse of the sin of Adam and through this seed, which is Christ according to Galatians 3, 3, 3.16, that through this seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So circumcision is a type and a picture of not so much the Abrahamic covenant but is the covenant that God wants to bless you with today. Circumcision really is about Jesus. It's about Christ, our Lord. Now look what the Bible says about Jesus in regards to circumcision. Look at Galatians, excuse me, Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 11. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 11. The Bible says, "In whom also ye are circumcised" In Christ Jesus, ye are circumcised. How is that possible? With the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So Christ is our circumcision. in whom also you're circumcised, with the circumcision made. "...without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ." Notice in verse number 11 of Colossians 2, the putting off of the body. When we think of circumcision, if you'd bear with me to be slightly graphic, there is a putting off of the foreskin. There is something that is removed and it is put off. It is, you could think about it in a, in a, in a grotesque sense. It's, it's, it's not a very uh, picturesque procedure, I'm sure. It's something is cut away. There's something to be removed. Something that is unwanted in that moment. And in the Abrionic Covenant, God wants that taken away. It's symbolic, remember. It is, it is a covenant. It is a sign. There is a coming One who is going to put off the body of the sins of the flesh. Christ is our circumcision. Christ puts off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. In Christ Jesus, all nations of the earth will be blessed. He is our circumcision. And how did He do that? Jesus Christ, our circumcision, died on Mount Calvary. He shed His blood. He went through a painful procedure to put off the body of the sins of the flesh. Christ did it to establish a new covenant, to establish a new covenant in a new line. In Christ Jesus, He is our circumcision. And He did it that He might stop the generational curses of the past and the putting off of the flesh. He's removed that from our lives and it is the mark, it is the sign that you belong to Jesus because the body of the sins of the flesh have been circumcised or been cut off. They've been removed from you by Christ our Lord. So what God did with Abraham, with Isaac, He's saying, this is a picture, this this is a symbol of what I'm going to do, and what I'm really going to do is I'm not just going to cut off the foreskin of the flesh, I'm going to cut off the filthiness of the flesh, I'm going to cut off the sins of the flesh, I'm going to remove that from my people. And anyone in Christ Jesus, the body of sins has been cut off or put off or removed from them through the circumcision through Christ our Lord. So what God was intending with a physical circumcision, it was alluding to, a spiritual circumcision that God wants to do in your heart through the circumcision of Christ our Lord. Amen? I hope you understand it. <laughs> the language is all throughout the New Testament. In Colossians 3.9, put off the old man. In Romans 7.24, put off the body of death. So when someone believes on Jesus... Jesus cuts off the generational sins, the genetic sins that have been passed on, and God, through a blood covenant, does something new in the person's life. So he removes the old, the old flesh, the old body of sins, the old desires, the old problems, the old heartache. You might think, what's the application? That is exactly why you came to Jesus. Jesus. That's exactly why Bryson came to Christ. It's the same reason you got born again if you've been saved. is that you came to Christ that your genetic line through Ishmael was impossible to do what God wanted to do in your life. You tried to do it through all kinds of means. Just like Abraham and Sarah did it. You tried it through Eleazar. You tried it through Ishmael. You tried it through natural means. You could not do it. And then all of a sudden God comes along and in Christ you are offered a new life. He's offering you something new. He's offering you a new family. It's not through Ishmael. It's not through the old system. It is in a new family. The sign of circumcision in your heart by Christ Jesus is a sign and a symbol visibly known in your life through a brand new life that in Christ it's new. In Jesus it's the putting away of the old, it's the taking off of the old, and it's something new. And it's only happened through blood. That's it. Jesus Christ suffered on a bloody cross so your father old flesh, your sins, your crummy desires, your nasty thoughts, your dirty deeds can be put off and taken from you. Amen? Christ suffered and shed blood through the circumcision of His own body on a cross to save you from your sins and in you create a new family in Christ through Christ, that all nations of the earth will be blessed. And if you've not had the circumcision of Christ, which takes place in your heart, the putting away of the old sins, you are, as the book of Genesis chapter 17 teaches us, that you are put off, cut off from His people, and you have broken God's covenant. In Christ is the only way that you can be a part of the family of God. Amen? I was uh, reading, I, I marked it in my Bible. You should be up here preaching about this. In Hebrews, I was uh, reading my Bible the other day, and I I hope we all can say that. Amen. In Hebrews chapter number nine, I thought about this passage while I was reading it, and it stirred me. The Bible should move us and stir us. God is speaking to us through His Word. And in Hebrews chapter nine, verse number two neither by the blood of goats and calves. But by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. By his own blood, Jesus did that. By his own blood, he obtained eternal redemption for us. By his own blood, he has put off, cut off the old man. By his own blood, Jesus changes sinners' lives. By His own blood, Christ our Lord does what you could never do on your own. By His own blood, by His own blood and His own work through His own covenant built on better promises established upon an eternal covenant obtained eternal redemption for us all. Jesus on Mount Calvary shedding His blood changes sinners' lives. I'll be honest with you, I don't know how He does it. I've yet to understand and connect to the technicalities of it all. But I've seen it in my life and I've seen it in other people's lives. I don't really fully understand what the circumcision of the heart does by the putting away of the old flesh, the old desires, the old lusts, the old ideas, the old interests, the old attractions. I don't really fully understand how it works, but certainly I can testify that it does work. I can testify that it is noticeable. It is a visible sign between God and His people. And everybody should be able to notice that they are part of this covenant relationship with Christ. It does not go without notice. It does not go unnoticed. It does not go without people paying attention to it. God is saying through Isaac, I'm sending one through the sign of circumcision, through the shed blood, I'm I'm going to destroy the generational physical curse of my people. And what is this generational physical curse of people? It is our sin nature. It's caused us all kinds of trouble, hasn't it? We see it even in Isaac and Ishmael. We're going to come to that. They're wrestling. And Isaac is all, Ishmael is always picking on Isaac. Ishmael is always mocking Isaac. Ishmael is always belittling Isaac. you know why? Because Isaac is the promising he's, he's seed. He's spiritual. And Ishmael, he's the seed of the flesh. He's not spiritual. And these two are warring against each other. I don't know how Jesus does it. But I can tell you that Christ does a work in people's hearts that is noticeable on the outside. They become the promised seed. They become the people of God. Through the spiritual circumcision of the heart, Jesus does what you could never do, but yet what you've been looking for your whole life. Abraham, Sarah, oh, if I could have a son. Oh, if God would bless my son. they exhausted all means, and God says, we're going to do it my way, we're going to do it the way I want to. You're going to circumcise yourself, you're going to circumcise your family, and when you conceive with Sarah, I'm creating a different genetic line. This is a spiritual genetic line, and he's going to be different. He's going to be different from Ishmael, and I'm going to start it through circumcision. How's it going to start? I'm going to start it through blood. I'm going to start through pain. And I'm going to use a unique organ that tells us all that this is a genetic issue that only God can solve. A genetic problem. A spiritual problem. And so God uses an unusual means of the time. If we take it for granted now, we understand it fully. We know what's going on. We know why it's done. But God uses that specific member of the body that through your genetic line, I'm going to make a difference, Abraham. He's going to be a seed of the promise. It's not going to be through the works of the flesh. It's not going to be through Ishmael. It's not going to be Eleazar. And when you have a child, it's going to be a miracle. When you have life, it's going to be a miracle. I'm going to do it through a dead womb of Sarah, and she's 90 years old, and I'm going to use a certain member, and I'm going to change it, and I'm going to be a blood covenant, and I'm going to do what you could never do. And this is the gospel of Jesus Christ in circumcision. That God does in your heart what you can never accomplish on your own. You're wanting life. You're wanting meaning. You're wanting purpose. You're wanting joy. You're wanting forgiveness. And I understand all the sense of shame and guilt because of our sins all the trouble that we've caused, just like Abraham and Sarah, all the regret they had with Hagar, the incident with Hagar, all the lying down in Egypt, all the trouble that was caused, all the problems they were trying to do, and God is promising a different way. And the Gospel of Jesus Christ to the shedding of blood on a cross can do in you, your heart, can solve a genetic problem that is passed on through your children and my children only Jesus can do it Jesus is the circumcision that our hearts need you know I've uh, my dad was a sinner just like yours I'm a sinner just like you My dad sinned in certain ways. Have you noticed that you sin like your family? It's interesting, isn't it? It's genetic. You've noticed if you're a a hot-headed person, that there's a lot of hot-headed people in your family. Have you noticed that? The ones who are laughing are (laughs) hot-headed. Have you noticed? In your family, maybe there's jealousy in your family. Have you noticed that you're jealous too? Some of you might think, I didn't know jealousy was a sin. Have you read the Tenth Commandment? Thou shalt not covet. It's a sin. Amen. Some of our families are more prone to sensual desires. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed it in your family, you know what the trouble is, don't you? There's a genetic problem. And why does God use circumcision as a sign, as foreshadowing, to show to us that there is a genetic problem that is being passed on from generation to generation to generation? Why do you think that God uses that certain member to establish His covenant with Isaac and Abraham because the problem is the reproduction of sin being passed on from generation to generation to generation. Here's what God is telling Abraham. Through this circumcision, I am going to do something about this problem. I'm going to fix this problem. Christ is our circumcision. Galatians 3.16 The seed of Abraham that blesses the whole earth is Christ. Remember, not seeds in plural, for it doesn't say many. It says one seed. And that seed, Galatians 3.16 teaches us, is Christ. And the Bible says Christ is our circumcision. And what did Christ do on the cross? He bled and He died. And His skin was removed off of His back and His body was broken. And He bled and He in anguish and in pain. For what? For it was not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should ever take away sin. But this man offered one sacrifice for sin forever. And He offered His own blood in the holy place of God that this man... And his blood could change the genetic problem in your blood. You say, my blood ain't got a problem. Big problem. Big problem. Haven't you noticed? Big problem. Jesus comes, and I'm closing. Just as God did with Abraham and does. What Abraham could never do, life. Jesus is offering life where there's death. You know, I don't really get it. I don't understand it, but I know what it does. What's that song we sing? I cannot tell you the how or the why. Amen. But the Lord saved me. I'm still reading my Bible. I'm trying to still come to terms with it all. Ain't you? Some of the joys of being a Christian is trying to learn about what Jesus has done. But I can tell you, while I'm learning, and yet I have yet to have all the answers, I can tell you, and can't you too, Christian, that since Jesus passed by, right, Brossom? I remember you. I remember Him. I know what happened Jesus happened. I can't tell you how, but I can tell you this that since the blood's been applied, old things have passed away. And all things have become new. Isn't that interesting? Now you might bore you, but can I testify that that subject is to me the most profound, interesting thing in all the universe. That once someone places faith in Christ, that He in them completely changes that person. And it's not through works of their flesh. It's not through the will of the flesh nor of the idea of man. No, it is He that is in you is greater than He that is in the world. And once someone is in Christ, and then by default Christ is in them, the circumcision of the heart takes place, and He cuts off the sins of the flesh. And He removes that body of death. And He does in them what Abraham was looking for all of his life, life, life. Is that your testimony? You know what's cool about it too—that since Christ has is our circumcision, and Christ has came, that's why the apostle said, "Who can be in Christ?" Circumcision can be in Christ. People who have never been circumcised, they can be in Christ. A woman can be in Christ. A man can be in Christ. A poor person can be in Christ. A drunkard can be in Christ if he'd repent and believe the gospel. That everybody can be in this covenant relationship with God because he is our circumcision, not through religion but through a person, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. That is circumcision. The Abrahamic covenant of circumcision. I hope and pray you won't think of it, you'll think of it differently now. I hope and pray that this has been a blessing to you. I prayed all last night, this morning, Brittany caught me, I was out there on the little concrete patio we got behind the house, and I was just staring out into oblivion, and I was praying. God, how in this world is can this be done? How in this world can this be? Be honest with you, I'm just a man, Jason. How can it be preached? I want to preach what God wants me to preach. And what's great about like going through Genesis and going through the life of Abraham? It since God has led us this way. It makes us deal with it all. Amen? It makes us deal with it all. But I pray to God that you see the gospel in it. Because it is about the seed that was to come. And this seed is what you're looking for. Christ, our Lord. You know what's, what I have thought about this morning, What Brittany caught me gazing out in the oblivion, if God has put so much thought in His Son, if God from the book of Genesis is dealing with the death of Jesus on the cross, if God was establishing a token Son in His people that would go for a thousand years, if God is so dedicated to the purpose of His Son Jesus dying on the cross, then God is highly interested and and deeply values the sacrifice of His Son on Mount Calvary. You should be interested in Jesus. You should be moved by Jesus. And if you don't believe that Christ is the Savior, you will die in your sins. There is no hope outside of Christ. This morning... If your old flesh, what is that? Your desires, your lust, your interest, your baggage, your shame, your sins, your misery. If you're carrying it all today, Jesus wants to cut it off. He wants to take it away and give you new life. New life. If there's a need this morning, you come as we sing together. Bless us, Lord. Help us. Help us.